Part two, chapter seven of War and Peace by Leo Tolstoy, translated by Nathan Haskell Doyle. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Marianne. Chapter seven. When Boris and Anna Pavlovna returned to the general circle, Prince Ippolit had taken the lead in the conversation. Leaning forward in his chair, he had said, Le roi de Prusse, and when he said it, he laughed. All turned to him. Le roi de Prusse, asked Ippolit again laughing and then with a calm and serious expression throwing himself back into the depths of his easy-chair anna pavlovna waited a little for him but as ippolit apparently had firmly shut his mouth not to say anything more she started the conversation on the godless bonaparte laying hands on the sword of frederick the great at potsdam c'est le pays de frederic le grand courageux she began to say but ippolit interrupted her with the words le roi de prusse and again as before when all had turned toward him he begged her pardon and remained silent anna pavlovna frowned montmartre ippolit's friend turned to him peremptorily what do you mean now by your roi de prusse ippolit laughed as though he were ashamed of laughing no it's nothing at all i only meant he was trying to get off a joke which he had heard in vienna and which he had been anxious the whole evening long to spring upon the company he said je voulais dire seulement i only meant that we were doing wrong to wage war pour la rue de prusse boris smiled a guarded smile that might have been taken to signify a sneer or approbation of the joke according as it was received by the company all laughed your pun is very naughty it's witty but it's unfair said anna pavlovna in french threatening him with her finger we do not wage war pour le rue de prusse mais pour le bon principe ah les méchants c'est principolite this bad prince ippolit said she the conversation had not languished the whole evening though it had turned principally upon political matters toward the end of the evening it grew particularly lively on the topic of the rewards bestowed by the emperor now last year n n received a snuff-box with portrait said the man of the profound mind why should not s s receive the same reward i beg your pardon a snuff-box with the emperor's portrait is a reward but not a distinction une récompense mais point une distinction said one of the diplomats rather a gift there have been precedents i will mention schwarzkenberg it's impossible said the other i'll bet you le grand cordon c'est différent when all got up to leave ellen who had spoken very little all the evening addressed boris again and begged him with the most flattering and significant expression to come to see her the following tuesday it will be a very great favour to me she said with a smile glancing at anna pavlovna and anna pavlovna with that same melancholy expression which always accompanied her words when she spoke of her august protectress corroborated ellen's request it seemed that from certain words spoken by boris that evening concerning the prussian army ellen had suddenly conceived a powerful determination to see him she practically promised him that when he came on the following tuesday she would tell him what it was that made her wish to see him but when on the tuesday evening boris reached ellen's salon he received no explanation that made it plain why he was so anxiously desired to come there were other guests the countess talked very little with them and only on his departure just as he was kissing her hand she unexpectedly whispered to him without any smile which was strange for her 
Venez de mon dîner, le sieur. Il faut que vous venez. Venez. With this invitation to dinner, to which he was so imperiously bidden, began Boris's intimacy at the house of the Countess Buzakaya. End of chapter 7